I'm Dr. Gary Linkoff, founder and medical director of City Facial Plastics. Thank you for tuning into Face Facts, a podcast where medical professionals discuss everything related to facial aesthetics, plastic surgery, and hair restoration. And hello. Hey, how's it going? Excellent. Good evening. All right. Good evening. You like the new look? I love the new look. Well, today is going to be a momentous occasion. We're going to shave whatever is left of it, so... Perfect. I just got my I, razor in. So I was waiting for that. Your wish will come true. Yes. Um, and I want I want to get a hat like that as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing solidarity. That's it. All right. Let's do it. So thanks everyone for joining. So we have with us tonight, Dr. Arkady Lipnitsky, an amazing, amazing Hi, chiropractor in the Brooklyn area as well as in Manhattan. Um, he actually owns the space where I work, <laughs> the, the Rebalance facility. We have a pleasure to be next to each other. Yes. <laughs> Great. So let's kind of jump right into it. This is an interesting sort of interface between what you do and what I do. And I think people haven't really, you know, heard this from like this perspective. And so, you know, where does like posture fit into beauty? And specifically, you know, if we can tie it all into the face and the neck. So I guess let's start with like, what is good posture? Because I definitely don't feel like I have it. <laughs> yes, I believe majority of people don't feel like they have it. And I think it comes from the lifestyle for many of us. Well, uh, thank God my lifestyle is on my feet running and physically working the whole day. But uh, I cannot imagine myself sitting in front of the computer. Honestly, it's, it's almost... For me to sit for, for an hour to do some work on the computer, it's already torturous. So mostly for, for my, my body versus my, my mind. So I think for a lot of people, it just, it's so unnatural for most of us to be in this locked up sitting position, you know, getting up from eight to 10 hours of this locked position and, and be able to function, that's by itself is a miracle. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we, our body becomes, you know, it, it has to adapt. So that adaptation comes at the expense of compensation. So our whole body starts compensating. And for some people, it's more felt in the spine. For other people, it's more felt in the joints, in the muscles, in the physical performance, in, in uh, other aspects of life, whether it's sleep or, uh, or even, uh, you know, in the intimate settings. It influences every aspect of our lives. And of course, it will be influencing our aesthetics. You know, the way we look is also adaptive to the way we spend our day. We have to all understand that. And not only that, uh, in the past 20, 30 years, mankind sits significantly more. Uh, now we have this amazing uh, smart devices that making us even more slaves of terrible posture. So what is a good posture? Good posture that somebody walking uh, nice and tall. When I ask somebody to stand straight, I'm not asking them to stand straight. I said, can you stand as tall as you can? And all of a sudden something gets triggered. It's like, oh, you know, I can be tall, right? And all of a sudden our head sits in the right position and our shoulders all of a sudden fall back in the right position mm -hmm. and our stomach gets, you know, kind of not sucked in, but you know, position in the middle versus like protruding out, uh, you know, and we tuck in the, the buttocks and, and everything else, all of a sudden we're super tall, right? Mm -hmm. So that would be a perfect posture. Whether you can achieve that posture 
in standing position or sitting position or even laying down, our body is preset neurologically and called you know, neurological muscle memory to be in that perfect posture or at least mm -hmm. as perfect as it gets. Now, of course, with life, we, we start accommodating and, and, and getting used to it and adapting and changing, you know, almost like our body starts kind of like uh, preset itself to a new ways of living, a new ways of, 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 of functioning. Right. Right. And therefore, we start developing different, not necessarily arthrosis in the spine, but deformities. So it's almost like, you know, the vertebras become in a different shape. You know, mm -hmm. the anatomical, our anatomical features are changing. And, and that comes with the, you know, with the, the compensation and the patient. So, mm -hmm. you know, a good posture for everybody is different. We all have kind of different bodies, but we're all born with kind of a preset uh, neurology and that precise neurology mm -hmm. dictates how a body should be carried and how body should be moving and which muscles should be uh, bracers you know the muscles that are supporting us and which muscles should be movers the muscles that propel us into motion right. and and that's the same for everybody so right. uh, at some point each one of us starts changing and the question is one are there people who have good like lower body posture maybe for the lower back but then, you know, in the upper sort of spine, neck area, that's where they fail? Or is it like that some people just have bad posture all around and others have better posture? Or does it get subdivided? It depends on the lifestyle. And yes, we have, I don't want to get too scientific here. We have certain syndromes that, that have been described for different people. And we have an upper cross syndrome, a lower cross syndrome. It's all fancy names. It's all about which, like you said, which part of our body is compensating more. And whether it's due to the weakness of the muscles that are underdeveloped or, or become less developed with the uh, inactivity, or it has to do with the uh, lifestyle that we adapt to and, and our body has to compensate for. So yes, there's, there are different ways of different styles and the different ways our body's reacting. And we can develop changes in the lower spine, in the upper spine, in the, in the chest musculature, in the buttocks, weaker uh, hamstrings, or uh, overdeveloped, uh, you know, frontal chain muscles like uh, quads. But but you're right. We we all adapt to different things and, and develop different postures. Whether they all pathological, I wouldn't call pathological, but they all they they are not what they should be, mm -hmm. right? And you know, for each one of us, it will reflect health-wise in a different way. Right. So when people say, well, you know, some people might say, well, this is what's comfortable for me. Why should I, you know, correct my posture? Why should I have a good posture? You know, because some people complain about things, but others, you know, they, you look at them and you can tell that oh, their back is all bent up, but, but they don't really have any problems now. So why should they maybe improve their posture? Well, it's true. Just like with uh, other uh, things that are different and that will become different in our lives. Like uh, maybe I can have a normal uh, uh, deep sleep, you know, and I have a REM sleep throughout the night. Well, it's okay. I, I think I function fine. Well, our body doesn't, right? So the same thing with posture. You know, just because you have adapted and you feel comfortable and often people don't like it at first, then the body starts liking it. So people are like, oh, you know what? I think I feel better this way. Or I can run faster this way if it's an athlete or runner or I can do perhaps the physical activities I couldn't do because I engaged the muscles that were not working before. And all of a sudden, my 
my body performs differently. And I think it's a much deeper problem. It's not just a matter of, and we'll touch upon aesthetics. I think it's a link that most of people are not making at all, but it goes much deeper because the compression force that we can create with the poor posture on the organs plays a significantly bigger role and more crucial role for our well-being and, and, and general health. Uh, and I think that's something that perhaps should be uh, on the forefront of the thought just because mm-hmm. we don't necessarily look ourselves in the mirror and say, oh my God, you know, I have a hunchback, right? Or, oh my God, I'm, I'm not, you know, my head is popping ahead of my body, yeah. uh, you know, at least by, by a few inches or more. You know, some people are just walking around like this. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the digestive tract that is involved, the liver, the everything, imagine that the whole front, that, that cage that sits on our organs and protects our organs, our rib cage, is theoretically either compressed in or kind of like pushed back if we have a very large lordosis, like some people walk with an extremely sharp lordosis, meaning the, the curvature of your lower back is very defined, right? right? And the buttocks is sticking out, which, you know, might look good, good for some people, but it's definitely not healthy or happy for the body. Uh, yeah. So rarely think about those factors and unless we start hurting. Right? But again, skeletal system is just one part of us, right? It's just one system. Sure. We have a circulatory system, and then we have a, you know, the breathing apparatus, our lungs, and then we have the digestive system. Well, everything suffers if we are not carrying ourselves, you know, our bodies in the right form. Oh, no, what I'm hearing is that with bad posture, some people, they don't really realize their full potential of performance. And other people are really sort of maybe even damaging some in, internal workings, you know, and that it could be very dangerous for their health. Correct. And, and, and that's what we see by, by correcting the posture. We often see a transformation, not only in a musculoskeletal aspects or aesthetic aspects, we see transformation in the, the way people feel the you know, digestive system. And often the way people feel the cognitive system, all of a sudden the most oxygen, more oxygen goes to the brain. People are like, oh my God, I, you know, I, I think clearly. And, and, you know, I stop forgetting things. And my performance at work is different. My mm-hmm. mood changed because my hormones are actually getting released properly because the, you know, there's certain organs that responsible for hormones release are not suppressed, right? right? So it, 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 it's a full cycle. Uh, and I think it's important to look at it this way as well. Right. No, good, good answer. One of the questions we already received was um, if sleep affects our posture, the way we sleep. Uh, again, the answer is yes, but it's a complex answer because in reality, the spine is a stack of small bones, right? Imagine you're going to take a little stone stuck on top of each other. And even to make it even more tricky, you're going to put a little cushions in between. And that's what we have with discs uh, to, to minimize the damage of the bone and uh, create, uh, you know, a little cushion. Now, mm-hmm. something needs to hold the stack of stones together, stack of bones together, right? Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to fall apart. Yes, we have a little muscles. Yes, we have ligaments. But in reality, we rely on, uh, on the earth because we walk and not fly here, mm-hmm. right? We rely on the surface that creates a support. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that support carries us through, you know, the ground creates a support. That's a little more, it's harder to walk in the sand, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Even, you know, when you're in the water, you know, you want to put your feet on the ground because you're looking for that support. 
So at night, we also rely on certain support. Our brain is looking mm -hmm. to get a message from the spine that it's, it's, it's supported by something. And that something is a bad. Majority of people do like to uh, kind of go with the commercials, kind of commercials run our lives often. Mm -hmm. We start eating what's been advertised and uh, what, yeah. what the, you know, the perception of good food and bad food changed our minds significantly uh, just, just because of the advertisement. Right. And that's uh, very unfortunate. And we start buying the stuff that we think would be great for our spines. In reality, the harder the surface, and it's been proven through thousands of years, the harder the surface, the healthier the spine. The harder the surface, the more brain, the more message sends to the brain that there's a supported support mechanism for the spine and the muscles can relax. So mm -hmm. if you wake up in the morning and you are tired, if you wake up in the morning and your body is hurting, then you should go and look at your mattress. If it's not creating a proper support for your spine, if it doesn't feel that you lay on a, uh, on a hard cradle versus like you're sinking in to the, to the surface of the mattress, your brain knows that. And your muscles will be engaging in the stability, meaning they go into spasm and they're constantly going to be working throughout the night when exactly when they're supposed to rest and heal. Okay. So that's not going to happen. And a lot of the beds advertised lately are these uh, softer foam type beds and yes that's and that's what i was referring to concerning yeah i mean we tried it out when we were looking for a new mattress and it was terrible for our back so we did not go with that i was a victim of that as well and i, I like to try things on myself you know i spent the money i threw it out and i yeah. said it's okay i'm gonna go back to yeah. you know the hardest mattress in fact the hardest surface i can find it's okay if you have a pillow top again there's there a very good you know spring mattresses right now they mix in spring and silicones that really create a very adequate support yes it's okay if they have a pillow top because it just softens for the muscles right. but you're still getting a very strong support firm support underneath for your that. brain to register and says okay i can shut down the muscles it's comfortable yeah you know, i can sense. sleep yeah so a couple more quick questions someone asked about corsets if that's useful for i guess modifying someone's posture and again the i personally used in the past uh, the posture correcting t-shirts. There are, uh, I believe, two companies now on the market that make a very good products that, that really uh, reminding your body to, to bring those shoulders back and, and kind of bring the chest out and set your back, head back by, by uh, creating a little pull against, in the right direction against the shoulders and setting the shoulder blades back into a neutral position. The supports... Look, we are designed with support, right? Mm -hmm. We are designed with a very perfect corset. You know, we have the uh, perfect musculature in a mid-back that creates the cradling and brings back the shoulder blades into a neutral position, connecting it through fascia as well as through uh, other intrinsic muscles, the internal muscles to the core. And we have like different layers of core. And that's together creating this perfect sandwich to keep our body, you know, kind of nice, upright, and set in the right position. Anytime you, you fall back into external cueing, right, or external support, unfortunately, it shuts down your, per, your internal support. So it works against you. Is it important maybe for children when you're trying to kind of retrain children? I guess for a short period of time, if the child is sitting and studying 
and you're noticing that they're constantly slouching, it, it would make sense. But what, what would make more sense is to get this child the proper exercise routine that perhaps they can take micro breaks between their studying sessions and do those exercises to, to remind the body that it has the muscles and the muscles are meant to support. So build so, up you already have. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that's something that will be you know, carrying you for years to come yeah. versus you, know, you walk out of the house without a, your little brace and uh, all of a sudden you're back at square one. Right. That will never retrain your body. That's yeah. something that the neuroplasticity that we're looking for, that adaptation of your brain mm -hmm. and muscle engagement doesn't happen when you rely on external support. And we often see people that uh, have the fixation of chronic back pain and they're constantly walking around with a back brace. Sooner or later, their supporting muscles uh, start atrophying because there's absolutely no need for them. You constantly have something else supporting you. So again, I, I, I see a very good usage of uh, supporting mechanisms mm -hmm. like, like T-shirts that still have very good elasticity that uh, people uh, perhaps, let's say somebody's playing tennis and they're noticing that they constantly, in tennis especially, the high risk of injury in the shoulder mm -hmm. if your position of the shoulder blade is off, right? If you're slouching forward and the shoulder shifts uh, forward, there's a very high chance of damage certain arterial calf muscles through the impingement process, right? When we have the part of the uh, shoulder blade, this little acromion that sticks out, kind of comes forward and, and starts rubbing against the tendon. Mm -hmm. So for that purpose, having the T-shirt in your physical action when you actually can damage your, your certain musculature due to that poor posture, I think it's, it, it's a pretty good idea. Uh, another uh, great support that I found, we know that, and I believe we discussed it in the past, we have uh, women with, with large breasts. They most commonly, uh, I would say always, but very commonly, have problems with the neck and upper backs. Mm -hmm. uh, it's almost like a given fact. And as a matter of fact, that then goes down the chain and usually lower back gets affected as well. So for, for this women, I always recommend to have a sports bra anytime they can have a sports bra, just not only because it creates a much better lift and support on a chest that yeah. tends to be extremely heavy. Not only that, if you, if you know that the, the, the um, sports bra, they have a cross in the back. So by crossing from shoulder to shoulder across the back, you're creating this you know, support that, that typically is created by all those devices. And that also helps your mid-back to be supported and less tension on the, on the vertebrae as well as the muscles. Okay, thank you for that. And then what about the more high-tech solutions? Some of them are like these sensors that sit on your back, I guess, and then it feeds into your app, which alerts you if your posture is incorrect. Is that useful or it's just very, is it more gimmicky? Again, when we say useful, number one, I never see, I know quite a few people that you know, people love high tech, you know, you can't take it away from people, right? We all do. And I know a lot of people who have invested into, and it's not super expensive either, have invested into these devices and perhaps they tolerate it uh, for a couple of days, maybe a week or so. I do not know anybody who tolerated those devices for longer than a week, because imagine something is constantly zipping. So like, every, every second you go like this, 
Every second you go like, Zik. I don't know. It would irritate the hell out of me. Honestly, I would not be able to do this. But again, I, I know plenty of people who've done it. You know plenty of people who, uh, you know, threw it out uh, and never put it back uh, or just pass it to a husband or wife. So, oh, by the way, you should try it and, and, and never touch it again. Yeah. And we are looking for long-term solutions. I think in everything we do, whether it's, you know, addressing our posture, addressing our chronic conditions, addressing our aesthetics. Uh, I, I know you just as much fan of long-term solution as I am. You know, if you're ready for, for, for change, just have that lip lift done. Stop you know, putting <laughs> stuff into it, you know? It's not going to last. It's, it's sooner you, or later. Said it, you said it, not me. <laughs> right. so sooner or later, it's going to get uh, hard and, and bulky and clumpy and it's going to look funny. And bottom line, just have it done. Right. Same thing with like, if you're, if you're ready to have a healthier lifestyle, just start, you know, find out how you can build the muscles that are supporting you and start building the muscle. You know, start coming up with solutions that have no long-term effect because look, we're looking for neuroplasticity. We're looking for a body to react and develop in new ways or proper ways, or I would call it old ways because, you know, old ways, uh, that's what we're born with yeah. and that's what we'll lose along the way. But that's what's going to return us back to normal function. Not some device or not somebody like a mama comes around and stops tapping you in the back. Walk around straight, walk around straight, walk around straight. Okay, it doesn't register, okay? Sooner or later, you're blocking that walk around straight yeah. and it's irritating you. So it doesn't make long-term changes. Yeah. So why, why do it? Right? right, right. And then some people at work, they've switched over from just sitting at their desk to those standing desks. Uh, and I like that. I think it, it's, it's a great devices. As a matter of fact, I had the discussion today with my architect who came uh, to be treated. Mm -hmm. And uh, he says that, you know, ever since he started using, he got, for the whole office, he got desks that come up as, you know, you press the button that comes up as high as you want, comes down as high as low as you want. And the, the, the whole office changes the positions and says, you know, it, it really changed the way he feels uh, his, his, uh, his knees, his back and so on and so forth, which is great. Uh, I also like the chairs or, you know, I wouldn't even call it chairs, the uh, sitting stools, right, or whatever they are, mm -hmm. that, that unsupported level, you know, it's kind of wobbly a little bit. So mm -hmm. they're, they're different devices. There's like a little medicine bowl that on wheels that you can sit on. There's also a, like a seats that, that kind of like don't have good stability, so they kind of wobble. Uh -huh. And when you sit on it, you have to engage your core muscles to sit straight. Otherwise, you start falling aside. Right. So again, I think it's a great idea to just awaken the proper musculature, supporting musculature that essentially, you know, we were designed with to have us, you know, to have a stable. So again, to have something like this uh, at work, uh, perhaps spending an hour or two on those type of chairs uh, would be not a bad idea if, if you're really trying to you know, change your posture and engage your core even when you sit. Next time someone encounters a wobbly chair, they should be thankful for it. They shouldn't throw it out. <laughs> right. I'm not talking about going one leg is shorter than the rest. <laughs> it's not a restaurant problem. <laughs> cool. So, all right. So we've spoken about what good posture is, why it's important, sort of things that can improve the posture. So now let's talk about how posture affects the way we look. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I have a lot of thoughts on that because it's, it's, it's just another adaptation of our body. So let's draw a picture. 
let's imagine somebody uh, slowly but surely is developing the slouchy posture. Yeah, we'll, we'll just make it simple. You know, that one of those, uh, what we call it, interior head carriage, right? When, when somebody, I'll make it simple, when somebody's walking around like this. Mm-hmm. And that's probably 50% of population. Uh, or somebody is locked into, you know, that's the second biggest problem with our technology these days. You walk the streets and pretty much nobody's looking straight. Everybody's looking down. Yeah. And looking down at their smartphones, at uh, you know, uh, other devices and gadgets, it's a huge problem, not only for the spine. For the spine, to explain for the spine is very simple. Our head weighs on average 10 pounds, 10 mm-hmm. to 12 pounds. As soon as you bring, and that's distributed, that weight distributed on seven discs, meaning in between vertebrae, we have these little cushions, and they cushion that, they, they diffuse the weight of the head. Right. Now, as soon as you shift it forward, that brings that weight of the head mm-hmm. transferred to only two to three vertebral discs. Ah. Now, most of them are not active because they're not holding the weight. Right. And now it's equivalent to about 20 pounds of weight falling in those discs. Uh-huh. And when you see the guy literally just walking down and, and reading or you know, mm-hmm. looking at the phone, that's about 30 to 35 pounds of weight falling oh. onto one to two discs. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen to those discs? They're going to disintegrate and break down extremely fast. Yeah. So today we have one of the biggest, uh, fastest developing problem. We have a uh, disc herniations or you know, degenerative uh, breakdown of the cervical disc, the neck disc, uh, in much, much younger age than ever before. I'm in practice for 22 years. I do not remember seeing so many young people coming in not only with neck problems, but it's already with, with significant damages to neck discs and, and neck structures and muscles without any history of trauma. Mm. So definitely something to think about. Yeah. It's much easier to prevent than to treat. Sooner or later, you know, the further it gets, the harder it gets to treat. Yeah. And it, you spend a lot, it's a lot of pain, a lot of aggravation. If you're lucky to find a good doctor, it's long treatment or uh, it's a surgery. Are there so, signs for that, by the way? Or it's just like one day, you know, something snaps and you go and you are told that, oh, you have these badly herniated discs or messed up discs. It, It's different. You know, people are not super alerted with the mild aches and pains. And, you know, you might get a little headache, you might get a little muscle ache. You know, it's, yeah, for most of the people, it's, it's a very slow process of developing this problem. Right. Your body adapts really well. So uh, and, and until it really starts breaking the fibers of the disc itself, the outer mm-hmm. ring, they'll call annulus, right? Or the, the ring that holds the gel together mm-hmm. uh, it, because it looks like a layered net. It's net over net over net. So mm-hmm. those layers of net starts breaking apart. And as it breaks apart, cracks apart, the gel starts protruding out. So the more layers you break, the more inflammation we, we develop there. Therefore, the more pain we start getting. And sooner or later, when it breaks through, it starts pushing your nerve. And that's when we develop a really full-blown problem. Okay. So going back to aesthetics of it, now imagine the head is, I wouldn't say looking forward, but just popping forward. Yeah. Now, the musculature, the again, adaptation of the muscles that supposed to support your head not being supported by discs is, is uh, very significant. So the muscles that are supposed to do just a simple, say, flexion of the head 
or or a little lateral flexion or rotation they had all of a sudden they creating they have to support you so all of a sudden those muscles are constantly tight and pulling down on your jaw, they're pulling down on the uh, on the upper neck muscles, upper neck vertebrae. Therefore, it starts sinking your whole face mm-hmm. and your whole jaw forward. People developing uh, TMJ problem, the jaw problem, uh, the joint that connects the, the upper and lower part of the jaw. People mm-hmm. are developing vocal problem. I actually treat a lot of singers that the deeper cervical muscles, the deeper muscles of the neck, because of this poor posture again, have been pulling the vocal box sideways and by creating that rotation they actually mispositioning the vocal cords so now the overloading one side and underloading another they actually losing their voice significantly earlier i just had a, a whole group of singers uh, being treated right before the coronavirus started specifically for that problem uh, opera singers so we see all these changes and of course you know, on skin and the muscles that are supporting that elevating the face, mm-hmm. it will create the same toll. So yes, all the jaw muscles that, that creating our you mm-hmm. know, nice cut of the face start sinking down, right? They, right? They're being stretched out, they're being pulled, they're overloaded because now the jaw, yeah, you have to chew, you know, and when you have to chew with the jaw protruded forward, just because your neck sits this mm-hmm. way, it will in fact, start leaving the toll on the muscles of the face yeah. because you utilize all these muscles, muscles of the lips, the muscles of the chin, as yeah. well as the muscles that are coming down. So will it be affected? Significant, very significant. I think it's not just a matter of aging and losing collagen and perhaps, uh, you know, feeling that the skin is, is no longer, you know, elastic and uh, no longer kind of like comes back to yeah. its proper shape. No, it's about a muscles. Uh, I think most of it, and uh, you're a specialist in that, but I think most of the changes, if you want to create long-term changes for people that are desired to have a younger look, yeah. it's all about recorrecting the muscles. No, it's true. I mean, I think this is such an important point because we know, so in surgery for like a facelift, the modern way to do a facelift is to get at what's called the SMAS, which is the muscle system in not just in the face, but also in the neck, it all connects. Like the platysma is just the inferior, you know, connection um, and continuity of the SMAS that's in the face. It's all one system. So when you go in surgically, you're essentially lifting all of this together. And that's why people get confused. Is it lower facelift? Is it a neck lift? It's all the same thing. It's all done in unison. So exactly what you're saying, but at the, at the root of it, at the core, is a, a essentially a system of muscles. Yeah, and, and I never really thought about it this way, that you know the, the way that our head is sitting on our neck and, and how it's aligned with the vertebra and this kind of downward pull, even you know, to, this, to, the, the, to the platysma muscle, could definitely pull sort of the, the mid face and the lower face down with it. And also I've noticed some patients have pretty significant horizontal bands on their necks. And so I'm thinking, you know, maybe getting their posture corrected could help them with that. Cause that's a difficult problem to fix other than, you know, if you do the face up, but then still sometimes can't get rid of, of the lines completely. And then Botox and filler is kind of useless in those. So you just tell them there aren't any great solutions, but it just kind of, I think it opens up my mind that, to all the other possibilities. And I think the other kind of thought I had was, 
you know, when, when you do a facelift, you tell someone, well, it's not going to be there forever. You're going to continue to age. It's going to droop eventually, right? If it's a good facelift, it can last, you know, 10 years. But what if we did a facelift and then once they're done with their recovery period, send them to an expert like yourself to really align things properly so that maybe that, that, that drop, that inferior sag would get delayed over an even longer period of time. That's something no one ever talks about in, in our field, my field. And I think for younger people that are coming to you in search of the solutions to stay younger for a longer period of time, and we often hear that, well, the earlier you start doing Botox, the, the less uh, wrinkles you're going to create uh, in your face uh, towards the older age. And, you know, it's true. It has its value uh, because it does relax the muscles. But really trying to, in a prevention mode, trying to reposition your posture, you know, correct your posture and allow the muscles to stop all working and start kind of doing what they meant to do, the, the normal function, we're also preventing these, uh, you know, overuse or deterioration of the muscles that are otherwise would be, you know, in, in that sagging position just because, you know, what sags? Something that doesn't work, right? You know, the muscle is, is toned because the muscle is doing its job. It's really sagging. Yeah. What, what we're getting sacked, for example, you know, we, we're getting some people getting the stomach getting sacked, right? Uh, often it's not just the fat. Often it's very inactive musculature that's supposed to create a proper support. Mm -hmm. So the, I believe the same thing is happening in our face. If, if there's a certain group of muscles that do, does the job for three other groups that are just not working, uh, it's going to be constantly spasm. It's going to create other issues. But the muscles that are not working, that's the muscle that just atrophies and, and either sags or, or becomes or just disappears. And that also changes the way we look. So, yes, absolutely important. Similar talk with uh, one of our other surgeons in the office, Dr. Sophie, who specialized in a, like a mommy makeovers. And we've been discussing how trying to engage the muscles of the core when mm -hmm. the muscles was distended or damaged, it's almost impossible. Right. So the same thing I want to say here, if we already have this sag down muscle that lost its fibers or, or the position that the, the way it's supposed to work, you know, sometimes lifting it up actually can help us to reboost the, the partial uh, correction. So again, mm -hmm. something to, there's always, you know, interlocking of those, uh, things together uh, just because they, you know, one thing follows another. Yeah, no, for sure. Have you heard the term text neck? Well, that's what I was just describing, you know, those uh, guys and girls who are walking around looking down. So, and, you know, the term is basically based on texting. And unfortunately, believe in a texting world. Uh, I just can't wait to see what, what's next is coming from our technology guys. You know, next thing we know, we're going to have... Uh, everything on the palm of our hands and that's probably going to create another problem all this radiation activity that's another ter terrible uh thing that get get influenced our lives but yes next next is just uh, another term to describe your deformity of your neck and, and adaptation of the muscles and the, and the spine and and that overuse and and the early damage that we uh go through by by constantly facing down and that position of the head when we look down you know, the less we do it, the, the, the healthier we do. We yeah, are, the, the healthier we are. Got it. 
So um, have you heard of face gyms and do you think that they really help for anti-aging? Honestly, I think any muscle activity mm -hmm. is great for anti-aging. You know, our, our bodies is created, uh, you know, we, we, we're made out of muscles. And if we don't use it, you lose it, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that, that's a great saying because it literally describes our muscles. Mm -hmm. If we don't use the muscles, we absolutely will lose the muscles. So yes, just like any other form of exercise, when we're trying to build up the musculature and return the tone into its proper function, you know, the tone of the muscle, it depends on the muscle activity. If we don't work the muscle, it just, you know, doesn't. By the way, putting little devices that makes your muscle twitch, it's good for a very short period of time. It does not work long time, long term, because it doesn't create a muscle memory. Everything that's created muscle memory is actively engaging your muscles. So if they're just massaging the muscles of the face, that doesn't really do a whole lot long term. But if they're asking you to maybe animate and do different kind of movements, then, then maybe that helps with the muscle tone. Well, absolutely. Just like when we recover somebody post-stroke or post-Bell's palsy, when the facial nerve gets affected by inflammation, it's important for us to return the function. Therefore, we give patients different, you know, mimicking exercise when they, you know, work with their eyes and work with their nose and work with their ears and work with their lips. And, you know, in, in every shape or form in the forehead, and we're forcing those muscles back to action. Yeah. Using those techniques on a regular basis probably works long-term significantly better than massaging your face every day. Again, nothing is wrong with massaging your face. Lymphatic is important. You know, the accumulation of liquid that uh, often we get into in, in our subcutaneous surfaces is sometimes also create that sagging, right? So... By yeah. massaging it out and doing little lymphatic massage of the face, just like with the rest of the body, it definitely has a great benefit, but it's a short-term benefit. Yeah. Yes, you do it daily, you definitely have a, a very positive uh, effect on, on the muscles of the face, on the skin of the face, but doing the exercise, nothing can, can, you know, can substitute that. So it's like so, active versus passive here. Active well, because network. active creates a muscle memory that yeah. like neuroplasticity is working and the muscle memory creates, you know, the memorizes a new tone, makes the muscle stronger, durable, you know, less fragile. Right. And then and this is a question that relates more to me and to my surgical colleagues. I think most of us, especially who, you know, are, you know, re more recently out of training and have started their practices and you know, we're, we're, we want to get busier, everyone wants to get, be really busy. Uh, but very few of us actually think about, you know, how our neck is positioned during surgery. Um, you know, there's, there's limitations because of the position that the patient's in. But any advice for you know, people like me who, you know, are constantly looking down um, at the, you know, OR table uh, when we're treating patients? Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh... The surgeons as well as dentists, like these two professions, if I would summarize every profession that I treat, and I treat people from uh, thousands of different professions, I would say the mo biggest group out of all professions are dentists. Mm -hmm. I probably have about, I don't know, 150, 200 dentists as patients. Mm -hmm. And definitely surgeons are running right behind. Unfortunately, you know, you can't change the fact that you have to look down and it's a strenuous, very nervous, strenuous activity. 
you have to concentrate every cell of your body has to be in tune because you know your hand has to be steady your eye has to be steady you know you you can't really move as much as you would like to move uh you know robotics is still cannot do uh, a significant lots of things that that we would right. love the robots to do at this point but it, that's probably still about 15 to 20 years ahead of us so today just like somebody who sits by computer all day you need to understand that there's certain things that you impose on your body as the part of your job has to be retrained when you're off duty. Mm -hmm. If you sit by computer all day, you understand that certain muscles are inactive. They are uh, asleep. You call muscle amnesia. They, they, they have no business to work. Your core muscles don't have any business to work because you're not, you don't have to really support your spine. You know, you're sitting. Uh, your hips are constantly flexed, right? Yeah. So the hip flexors are shortened. Your hamstrings are shortened. Your glutes are inactive. So there's a lot of muscles that are essential for our healthy uh, kinetics, our healthy mm -hmm. mobility, absolutely inactive.